Good morning, Chair City Church. How you doing today? Ah, yeah, yeah, you are doing well. So glad you're in here this morning. Want to welcome everyone to week two of our current teaching series called Strong, called Better, Stronger, Greater. And we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, a meaningful, very meaningful part of our relationship with God. You see, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. It's this supernatural power that makes us better, stronger, greater. Now, if you've been in church for a while, you've been around the block a few times, you've heard this term called the Trinity. You won't find it in the Bible, but it's a term that we've applied along the way to describe what we call the Godhead, meaning God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, all three in one are God, three persons, one God. And the Holy Spirit is God. We talked about that last week like this energy thing going on. It's not this vibe. The Holy Spirit is God, you know. It's not that wild card we pull out, you know, to sway it our way. But the Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is personable. Now, I've got a question for you. Have you ever tried to pull something off, but it didn't work out? Have you ever tried to do something, but you couldn't pull it off, right? Now, if that's you, raise your hand. Yeah. Like maybe 10% of these people, I am so excited as a pastor that I've got this incredible bunch of competent people in my church. <laughs> All right. So some of you are you raising your hand. You're probably the one that you sit there and like to watch people try things and screw up, right? Okay. Yes, we love you too. Now, so uh, on Thursday I went to a conference here in southern Massachusetts. Good time. And I walk in, and it's just a really like us, just wonderful atmosphere. And, uh, and they got it going, you know, they, they got the food, they got Panera egg sandwiches and the pastries and a little cafe going on. And I don't know what to hit first, you know, and I want to get in there on time and get a seat. It's a pretty good crowd. Uh, so I, uh, I figure, okay, I strategize it. I, I go and I get my chai, that chai latte. I got a large chai latte. That's one of my favorite drinks. I go and I, I grab a pastry and I grab the egg sandwich and, and, you know, I got my conference bag because you walk in, they give you a bag when you, you know, register to get a little conference bag with all the info in it and promos. And, uh, you know, I, I'm walking through, unfortunately, like we to have greeters, they open up the door, so I walk in and, and I'm, I'm juggling, it's going okay, and then they open it up and I walk into the dark room like we have dark lights and, and fortunately, worship started already, so people are standing and raising their hands, eyes closed, whatever, you know, they're doing their thing as my father-in-law would say, and, and things are going well. I come down the aisle, and, and there's a seat, you know, and it's right on the aisle, and, I, and, I, and there's nobody to my left, so I can put some of my stuff on the seat to the left, take an aisle seat, and I go to sit down. I'm about maybe a couple of seconds from pulling this off. And by the way, when I walked in, right at the beginning of the aisle, this uh, gentleman, nice guy, probably saw that, wow, you know, I got this thing going on, didn't just laugh at me. He comes over and said, hey, he was a host. He was like an usher. Hey, would you like me to help you out? And I'm like, no, no, I got it. Probably because I didn't want to draw attention to that. I'm like this like food cart walking, right? <laughs> so now I got, I got it. I'm good. I'm good. So I'm two seconds from pulling this off, and I put my hand on my chai latte, and I don't know, man. Maybe the cup wasn't strong. There's something to happen, and it just gave way, and it, I just feel it slip. It was a large one, you know? <laughs> and you know how they rate swimmers, like when they jump in and, and they dive, it's like 5.8, 6.6, 9.8. This was a 10.0 spill, man. 
You know, they could spill a lot of different ways. Sometimes they just bubble up. This sucker, just a perfect dis- like disbursement across the aisle. I'm not kidding you. It covers like a three-by-five area. So I'm like, all right. First, I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. Then I realize no one notices because they're all like engaged in worshiping. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? And I just, not me, you know, kick the down. I, <laughs> and at that, you know, I kind of kick the cup <laughs> under the, I'm like, then I see somebody coming like, walk. I'm like, oh, I got to do something about this. So I, I know this is coming, but it is what it is. And I put my head down. I walk up the aisle quick and I go to the guy who offered me some help. I said, hey, I could use some help. I, uh, I spilled the tea. He's like, oh, you did. I said, yeah. He said, all right, I, I will help you out. So I went back, steadily, you know, maybe believe nothing's going on. He sends these two guys with these kind of like glow-in-the-dark like lightsaber wands to like, I, really, if you like to make, oh, come on, man. Then he comes with his mop, but nobody knows it's me. So, all right. So, you know, the thing is, I'm in over the head. I, I tried to do something on my own, right? And I just couldn't pull it off. I was close. I was right there. But obviously right there just wasn't good enough, huh? And I think that's what many of us experience in Christianity, in life. You know, we, we figure out when we hear that message of the gospel that, you know, Jesus has got this good thing to partake in, that we want to live life to the fullest, right? And sometimes you're trying to do that on our own efforts. We try and juggle it and get it as far as we can on our own. And we get pretty close sometimes, seemingly, and then it kind of comes apart on us, right? And we discover, oh, we couldn't pull it off. In fact, trying to be a Christian and living it out this way can be really discouraging. And it's why Jesus said, it is better that I go and send another. In John chapter 16, verse 7, he says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. The advocate's the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The reason Jesus said it's good that he was going is that he knew God the Holy Spirit would come. And Jesus knew the way their relationship worked. God the Father, God the Son, the Son served the Father and glorified the Father. He knew that the Holy Spirit would come and would serve Him and glorify Him. That would pe- the Holy Spirit would point Jesus to Him. Would, Jesus would be glorified. Now, last week we heard about the Holy Spirit being the third person of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And if you're here and you're thinking this whole Trinity thing, it sounds, you know, kind of a, I don't know, foreign, doctrinal terminology, distant theology. Get this, and we talked about it last week where we we said, you know, we're in the beginning, God said, let us, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, God is talking, he said, let us. When he speaks now into the creation of the world, and right there, he's speaking about us, God the Father, God the Son, God, God the Holy Spirit, and he introduces himself to all of the world forever as relationship. And that's what 
the Trinity is. It's showing us relationship, that God is in his very being relational. And we were created, created in his image, therefore we are relational. Therefore relationships are ultimate. They are everything. And I hope you walk away from here today. One of the things you walk away with from this sermon is you're just in a better position to enjoy your relationships. I want you to enjoy them. I want you to walk out of here today and get more out of the relationships you have in your life. Spouse, children, grandparents. I want you to get more friendships. I want you to draw some good nuggets from these relationships because that's what God intended for you, huh? All right, now, we talked about these words that Jesus spoke about in John 16, verse 7, and we tossed out a statement, better to have the Holy Spirit in you than Jesus beside you. So well, that's a pretty bold statement, but it's Jesus' words, really. It's the summary of what Jesus said, meaning it gives us this idea of how real and how powerful the Holy Spirit is and was meant to be. Another way of explaining this or looking into this is when we look into the Apostle Paul's writing in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. And this is what Paul writes. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he being God, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, what Paul is doing here is he's actually delivering a prayer. And he's talking about following Jesus about pulling off this thing called life and pulling off living the Christian life. Paul is saying the Holy Spirit will make you stronger. Paul's praying because if you try to live your life following Christ in your own power through external behavior, by reading good things, by saying I'm going to do this or do that or trying to get closer to Jesus, or know Jesus in this way and that way for this purpose and that purpose, it's going to lead to a ton of frustration and a ton of inconsistency to do this apart from God, the Holy Spirit, God in you, God with you, the God who strengthens you. You're going to hang in there for a long time, man. It's like me and my grandfather. I lived in Coney Island with him in the projects. And, oh, this is not going to sound good. Maybe I should stop. All right. And, uh, you know, I, I love my grandpa. And, you know, Friday nights, really, in, in New York, things really didn't kick up till about 10, 11 o'clock at night, maybe. And so, you know, beginning of the night, you know, 7, 8, 9, uh, I'd hang out with him. And one of his favorite things he liked to do was he lived on the second floor of the projects, overlooking Surf Avenue, which was a really was a busy kind of four-lane street. And then came the beach, the ocean. Uh, and right around by 8, 9 o'clock, people were getting pretty lit up over there with drugs. And he'd catch somebody, and he'd, like, watch. Like, they'd, he'd watch to see. And for some reason, they'd go by this place. I don't know why they would, but it was a particular place. He said, watch them. They'd go over there, and they'd stand there, and he'd try and figure out. Uh, sometimes they would do this, and sometimes they would, they, they would just do these weird positions. And he'd try and time and figure out how long it would take for them to fall down. <laughs> and we'd bet on it. And some would ice skate. Uh, clearly, they were doing some serious stuff. So they would ice skate, or they would stand there, or they would be ballerinas. I, just, I don't know what it was. I'm telling you, I'm not lying. I'm not, I'm not pulling on you. And, and sometimes we just freeze, and they would just stand there like this, or like this, and 
And we would, you know, say, how long can they hang in there? How long can they go before they go, huh? And that's us. How long can you hang in there? How long do you think you hang in there before it just kind of comes apart on you? You weren't meant to do this on your own. You weren't meant to do this apart from a minute-to-minute awareness, mindfulness, reliance, leaning on of God the Holy Spirit in you, speaking to, being spoken to from God the Holy Spirit in you. Listen, the reality of Christianity is that it's not you fixing you with your behavior on the outside. It's the Holy Spirit fixing you from the inside out. This is the transformation of your inner being. When the Holy Spirit changes you from the inside out, your behavior then changes. You're a new person from the inside out. The song they played at the end, which I'd like them to play at the end again. I don't know if that's how their set is, but why don't you do that? Thank you. Um, I know, I did, I did. I, I, it was my call, I messed up. So, uh, when we, and I've said this many times, and I'll say it, God willing, I'll say it 10 years from now, if I'm still up here, when we planted the church, it was a really difficult year. Oh, this past year was incredibly challenging with the renovation, but it was a different challenging. It wasn't discouraging. Oh, there was some moments, but overall, it wasn't painful, discouraging, disheartening. When we went to plant the church, it was an incredible, oh, man, discouragement like you cannot fathom. And all sorts of ugly things were going on inside me because there came a point where I, I just was so, so wrestling with things, so disturbed by things. Man, it's like, you know, when they gut a shark and they cut it open, and it's like, oh, God, right? Man, if you would have cut me open, I'd be like, whoa. Some ugly stuff going on in there. And, and, you know, it just came to me one day, and I started really getting a hold of that and being aware of that and realizing what it was doing to me uh, in, in this time of talking to God. Say, well, how did you realize that? It, it, but the Holy Spirit in me showed that to me. It convicted me. It revealed it to me. Apart from the Holy Spirit, I'd not know that. Apart from the Holy Spirit, I'd not know God. Apart from God, the Holy Spirit, you'd not know God. And then uh, one day I heard this song, and I said to Chris, I said, man, that, that's it, from the inside out, you know? We've got to really look inside. And why? Because when we look inside, we will see God. Those of us who trusted God, who know God, who've turned to God, we did that because God, the Holy Spirit, enabled us, call it regenerated us, made us new. We will see God. I think sometimes we're afraid to just look in there. Well, we bought into a bag of lies from Saint when we think that way. The Holy Spirit is a supernatural force in you to make you stronger, and it is in you. When the Holy Spirit dwells in you, and you are aware of that, and you grasp the power that is at work in you, it changes everything. It really, truly does. There is no circumstance, there is no situation that you will feel without hope, without possibility, without potential. It just won't exist. It never has. Since I've come to Christ, I've never been in a situation where I have felt without hope, without possibility, without potential. I never have. I've messed up. I've screwed up. I felt pain. I felt also, but I've never felt those. And more than not, I'm, I often turn 
and I go in a better direction than I ever would have apart from God. Most of us try to get better or stronger on our own. We try and tap into our own strength, and it just doesn't go well, huh? Because our strength is insufficient to the task at hand, to just the complexities of life, to... Okay, I guess it depends on what your, your goal is, your objective is, but what God would have for you, what I believe we would want in life, on our own, it's going to be insufficient considering the nature of relationships, what relationships entail. If we do it on our own, we'll not birth good relationships in our lives. Listen, because what happens is, it's like when me and Christy were raising the kids, and it was a lofty goal. It sounded so great. I'd like to think that we kind of got there. You can ask my kids. Maybe you shouldn't ask my kids. Don't ask Joy, okay? How's that? But me and Christy, we, we kind of got this thing where we're not going to try and change our kids' behavior so much as we want to get their hearts. That we weren't into behavior modification. We were into change, meaning we were into not changing our kids' hearts, but having our kids' hearts. We wanted our children to love us. We wanted them to, to do things and because they trusted us and they loved us and they had affections for us and would obey us and would honor us. We just didn't want to modify and adjust their behaviors. I would say we, we landed somewhere in the middle of that. Because somebody, like, I, you stop doing that right now, okay? Uh, but uh, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we took that on because that's how it is with us and God. God it's, it's, God, it's not just about God wanting you to stop behaving that way. It's about trusting Him. It's about Him having your heart. It's about you realizing that He's within you and, and, and uniting with this powerful presence of God in you. So it's not about behavior modification. It's about loving God and trusting God and being unaware that God the Holy Spirit lives in you. He makes you stronger. He gives you a stronger self. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. It's one fruit. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm good at that. I'm not good at that. It's one fruit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. I'm going to say this kind of a person in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, that last one, they're all good ones. That's self-control. Instead of overthinking so many things, sometimes you overthink things, don't we? You might not realize how much you're overthinking things, getting so consumed within yourself about something. I, I have a tendency to do that from time to time. I, I have to tell you that. Otherwise, on the way home, my kids and my wife will tell me, you know, you kind of left that out. That would have been a good spot to say that about me. But I, and I, I've, I've caught myself. And actually, at the conference, I heard a, a man stand up there, and, and he was hitting on this overthinking and this overreacting. Now, if anybody said it, it would have been like, yeah, cool, that, that's just true. That's, I can relate to that. I do that. Maybe some of you do that. You overthink things, and then you overreact to things, huh? See, the thing with this guy was that he was a pastor of a church. I think it kicked around 10,000 people. It was thousands in the South. And he had an affair, committed adultery on his wife. Gone. A couple of years later, another ch church came along that was doing very well, and they took this man in, 
and, and brought him up, and now he's on staff with that church, and he's doing a wonderful work with them. So when this guy's saying that, he's saying, listen, don't overthink, don't overreact, because it is the beginning, is, is the seeds of leaning into your own way and doing things your own way and relying on your own strength and not being sensitive and aware that God is in you. And you don't have to overthink that because when you're overthinking that much, it's, you're consumed with you and you're not aware of God. He's like, hey, I'm a cautionary tale, man. And I got it, right? <laughs> Whoa. Peace. Inst peace, self-control instead of overthinking and overreacting. Pause. Listen to yourself. Be aware of your thoughts. Don't overthink. Don't overreact. Why? Because God the Holy Spirit, who's personable, is in you, and He gives you peace and self-control. Huh? Imagine what self-control would do to your life. We talked about relationships. What would self-control do to your marriage? What a great contributor of self-control came into that marriage, huh? For, for husband or for wife. Imagine what it would do to your finances. Imagine what it would do at your job. Imagine what it would if you just pause here or there in that kind of that, that what do they call that, that millisecond, second, two seconds between stimulus and response, as Covey says, right? And you, oh, not you, but God the Holy Spirit's in you, which you're sensitive to because you're aware of, because you rely on, gets a hold of you, you become collective in the moment, and you come out with words and actions that are productive, not negative, huh? That demonstrate God's love for you rather than bring destruction into your life. I think a lot of us would love to go back to particular moments in our lives and say, oh man, I wish I would have had some self-control then, right? And I wish I would have governed myself from that self-control. Listen, so, instead of thinking, I can do this, I got that, my way is better than God's way, why don't we just think the Holy Spirit makes me stronger? The Holy Spirit makes us stronger. How many of you pull your hair when you get, like, overwhelmed, worried, uh, you know, tense, anxious, you, you just feel like pressure? How many of you pull your hair? How many of you run your hair through your... Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm looking at David and Tammy when I say that, I say... <laughs> Okay, how many of you pull your beard? <laughs> I shouldn't have paused, it just happened. I, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> how many of you are like me? I run my hair, my hands through my hair. I, when I, when you know, if I'm really like getting, I don't know, a little overwhelmed, I'm, I'm feeling it, the pressure, the trouble, I, I run my hands through my hair, you know? I mean, when I took Chrissy out the night, I took her to a play to ask her to marry me, and we're sitting there, and it just started coming on me, like, what if she says no, and, 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 and wait a minute, what if she says yes, whoa, <laughs> I said, I have more problems with yes than no, like, this is real, this is going to happen now, I mean, you know, this isn't like, okay, and like, I was like, and she's like, are you okay, are you okay, and she's like, the hands are flying through the hair, you know, holding the face, and, you know, everybody does something, Christy, she makes these little fists, she clenches her fists. She said she really didn't know how to make a fist until she met me. <laughs> she also clenches her teeth. I know it's happening. Jim Murphy clenches his teeth, too. He says he didn't do that until he met me as well. So <laughs> he was just telling me that last week. So, hey, 
I have that effect on people. I will drive you crazy if you hang around me long enough. I will. I will love you. I will bless you, but I will drive you crazy. <laughs> and everybody said? Yeah. There you go. Okay. So, <laughs> so listen, problems cause pressure. They do. Problems cause pressure. Pressures overwhelm us. Some of you, and, we, and listen, everybody in here has problems, and everybody has pressures. And later today, there'll be problems and there'll be pressures. And tomorrow, there'll be, there's, it, I don't think you can wake up in this world and not have problems and pressures, right? Turn to the person next to you and say, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too, right? Because you all have them, I know. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus says you can't add a single hour to your life. That's what Jesus says. And I, and I believe that. I believe we cannot add a single hour to our lives. But scientists, physicians, researchers have found that we can remove time from our life, right? That, that, what I mean by that is by letting pressure get to us, becoming overwhelmed by problems, that can affect us mentally, physically, the physiology, I got it, physiology of our, our makeup, we can literally lose years off our life if we try and go at it alone, if we try and pull it off our way, if we think we can do this apart from God and one another. Huh? But we don't have to do that. We don't have to let the pressure overwhelm us. We don't have to feel the pressure. Pressure, pressure, pressing down on you, pressing down on me, chipping around in our heads, kicking our brains around the floor. It doesn't seem to rain, it just seems to pour, right? That's from the great theologian Freddie Mercury. <laughs> My kids got that the first two lines, they had it. It just seems you're always under pressure, huh? Many of you are aware, I, I know many of you know my son Justin, a good amount of you are aware that Justin had a pretty significant concussion take place about a year ago, and for the better part of one year, he has suffered with the symptoms of that concussion. And I think suffering is really uh, a good way to describe that. Uh, it's, it, it's come to a point where there came times where it was mental anguish, and it, it was a lot on Justin and a lot on us as a family as well. I want to pause there before I go on with my illustration and say that, you know, two weeks ago, uh, I want to just say as a kind of a, an aggregate effect of, of people in this church um, taking initiative, taking action, of people praying, of, of God's mercy, of God hearing the prayer and the crying out of a mother and a father, of Justin's prayer, of all that grandparents, all that two weeks ago, this whole thing took an incredible turn, and Justin, who had lost about 75% of the way he had, was active in life and the things he'd do in his lifestyle, and say his life, or his faith, but just the way he went about life, he really was incapacitated for 75, sometimes 90% of it. Well, it's flipped on its head, and he's got the mo much of that back, and we just thank God for that. So, so good. So, so, um, and I thank God for relationships. Relationships are huge, you know. Well, over that year, we, be, we would try different things, you know. Uh, he went to acupuncture. At one point, we drive to Cambridge for, you know, for acupuncture. I was thinking acupuncture, Winchenden, Cambridge. I went to Cambridge, another story, okay. I, I hadn't popped Winchenden in a while. I thought, let's go after them, you know. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, no, and it was taxing, you know, all the time there, the time coming back, seeing him laying there with all the needles. I'm like, oh, man, that's just, Dad, you want to try that? I'd rather not, actually. <laughs> you know, and uh, so then someone told us about this hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And uh, I said, okay, you know, it, it sounds something where you go into an oxygen tank and uh, they, they, using gadgets and levers and compressors and all these different things, they, uh, they bring... They, they simulate you going underwater about 50, 60 feet. So if you were to turn around and take a dive and go 50, 60 feet underwater, that's what's happening with the atmosphere, with the, uh, with the air, where now the air becomes dominantly oxygen-contained. I think it's actually at one point maybe almost pure oxygen you're taking in, and this is supposed to take in that oxygen, is gets into your blood, and it increases the flow of the blood, and the blood goes up to, to get, it now can get to those damaged cells and tissues in your body and help you. And it, it's fairly legitimate. I read up on it, and there's some good stuff, stuff out there about it. Um, and, it and it did provide Justin a little bit of relief. Didn't get him over the hump, didn't get him where we need to, but it was a contribution. And uh, so I hear about it, and I tell him, okay, Justin will go, and, and we go. And we get to the man's house. Man was very generous and kind, inviting Justin to come there. And uh, we get there, we get in a circle, and they give instructions about what's going to happen. And I'm kind of paying attention, you know. The problem is once you turn around and people start saying, all right, we just want to share some instruction with you, something just happens in me. I don't know, you know. It's like, you think I'd like, I'd be like, okay, I, I don't. I just, I just kind of check out, you know. And so they're giving these instructions, and somewhere in there they probably gave a warning or something. And anyway, I see people holding their nose, and, you know, and I think they're telling you, you know, blow out your ears. I'm like, I blow out ears, whatever. And so I blow out my ears. So I guess I really didn't blow out my ears. We'll get to that. So now we get into the tank, and there's all nine of us, nine people. It's a big tank. It's, pretty, it's good size. It's like a capsule. We get in there, and we sit down. And they start descending, and it takes about, you know, and it's me and Justin. He's sitting at my side, and a handful of people, two people from the church are actually sitting across from me, then another little lady, uh, older lady, sitting right across from me as well, another lady to my left. I'm trying to vision it. So we start descending. It takes 20 minutes to get to 50 to 60 feet below water. You're not actually going under the water, but that's what it feels like. Well, at about five minutes, I start getting this kind of, I don't know, peculiar sensation. And you know, no, it's not a good sensation. It's a bad sensation. And then, then it, I start feeling pain. I'm like, okay, this isn't good now, you know. And so I'm trying to, and then it's a lot of pain. And I'm, I'm now, and like, you know, and you don't really hear well. And, and it gets actually kind of like misty and foggy in there. And but I, but, you, but I look at my son, and now my, my head's going. I'm like, okay, I'm looking at him to see if he's looking at me shocked, because that would tell me blood's coming out of the side of my ear. But he's not. So I'm, 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 I'm collective, you know what I mean? They, after all, they did introduce me as their pastor, so I'm, I'm collected, I'm calm, I'm good, I got it together here. Well, now it start, Now I can feel like this pressure. And it's, I mean, it's like it's caving in the side of my face. I'm not kidding you. I, I mean, it's like somebody like was taking a pipe and popping it into my ear. And in my, right on the side, I could feel this massive pressure coming down on the side of my head so much now that it starts sending pain through my jaw, through the back of my neck. And I mean, excruciating pain. I'm like, okay. And, so, and I got to pause because I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to faint, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass out in front of my son. I'm going to embarrass myself. 
So I, I gather myself, and I'm like, um, I'm, uh, I'm feeling some pain. I'm just, I'm just trying to say it calmly. I'm like, um, I'm feeling some pain now. So right away, they all jump on it. I'm, I think they're like, oh, okay, let's stop this. Maybe you should get out. You know, say, no, they all jump on it. And they start telling me, oh, so lady here's like, oh, you got to move your jaw like you're chewing gun up and down. And then this other guy's like, oh, you got to stretch your neck, the guy who's running. The other lady, ah, I got bobblehead. <laughs> no, really. And I'm trying to do everything they say. Like, maybe it'll work. I'm, I'll do anything to stop the pain right now. Finally, I'm like, okay, enough of this. <laughs> so I'm like, listen, I, 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 think you gotta, I, I think you just got to let me out. And then the guy says these words, well, we can't let you out. The door is sealed. I'm like, I'm like, and it, I, I mean, I'm ready to just flip now. It, in a hair of a second, I'm ready to tear through this steel wall, <laughs> right? Or run through the door, or flip out. I mean, I, I'm, you know, flight, flee, fight, whatever. But again, I, I calm myself because I, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of my son and these people. And I said, well, I, I need to go out. <laughs> I, just, I need to go out. He's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll go back up, you know, and, uh, and he said, the problem is there's 2,000 pounds of pressure on the door. He said, we couldn't open it if we wanted to. He said, but we'll go back up, and as it goes up, hopefully you'll get better, and, you know, the pain will subside, which it didn't, by the way, uh, and then we'll let you out, right? So I gather myself, they open the door, I go out, takes me a few minutes, the pain subsides, and my life goes on. And I'm never again to step into a hyperbaric oxygen therapy chamber. <laughs> and by the way, I'm the only one that had that problem. Oh, and by the way, why didn't, why, what incurred, the, what brought on the problem is I never blew my ears out. I didn't pay attention, right? And I never blew, you're supposed to blow them out till I guess they pop when they come out, and he was describing what that feels like. I wasn't paying attention, so I never really actually blew them out. So maybe I'll listen the next time, right? So, <laughs> listen, it was painful, man, I had to tell you. Look, pressure's all around us, right? It's coming in on us. You know, and sometimes we just, we don't know it's there. We can't expect it. We can't anticipate it often. It just comes on us. Sometimes it comes on us very, just like that, little by little by little by little, that situation, that circumstances, you know, position we put ourselves in, it just comes on us. And when that pressure comes down on you, on your world, either you get all wrapped up and you shut down, you check out, huh? Or you get all wound up, you start projecting anger, you start spewing and spraying, huh? Wound up or wrapped up, you are one of the two. And this is the pressure coming down on you. And where does that go? Who does that project to? The people you love, huh? Again, relationships. Listen to me. If you get this, you will improve your relationships. If you don't, your relationships will be harmed. 1 John chapter 2 talks about God telling us to love people and not things, to focus on people, not things. And often the things come from, pressure comes from things. Oh, people will bring us pressure too, but even that's kind of attached to things at times and our expectations of things and interpretations of things. And what happens? We do this flight or flee thing, right? Somebody fights, somebody flees, and all this, you're getting overwhelmed. Relationships are struggling. You're in school. Where are your grades at? Are you going to make that team? Can you stay on that team? Somebody join that team. Are they going to be better than you? What's going on? Your relationship is progressing terribly. There's confusion. There's distance. Finances. 
finances, finances. I say, you know, there's oxygen and there's money. It's such a big part of our lives. And it, it brings, you can just get used to thinking this way. If you've come up in a home that was governed a certain way, you can come up just having this anxiety, just this in self-induced pressure towards finances. And you don't even realize that it's there unless you become sensitive to God in you, God the Holy Spirit in you that would say, whoa, wait a minute, this is not normal. This is not good. You are overthinking this, and you are overreacting to this, and you don't have the peace of God with you, huh? And at times, you don't have self-control. And what's going on here, huh? So stop withdrawing, or stop being wound up. All right, I'm all over the place here. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to be calm up here. Wow, it's 11.05. It's 11 i got to get going. All right. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious, when he said, I pray that out of his, he's talking about God. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Paul is saying here in these verses, and he's saying, he's praying for the Ephesians people, but he's praying for you here today. This is the Holy Spirit inspired these words. The Holy Spirit authored these words. The Holy Spirit illuminated us, illuminated those words for us here today. And Paul is praying that your spiritual power may be according to the riches of his glory. He's praying that God will bless you according to his spiritual wealth. That's a great request. I want you to think about this. If a billionaire gives $1,000 to a cause, he'd be giving out of his wealth. But if that same billionaire gives a million dollars to that cause, he'd be giving according to his wealth. You see the difference? According to. Paul's praying that God will give believers, and he knows that God will give believers, the spiritual power that flows from the vast, limitless resources that he has according to his riches, according to his spiritual wealth, according to his glory. That's what God has available for you. The phrase riches of his glory speaks to God's spiritual attributes, God's spiritual ability that he can and will do through you. When you are aware, when you are sensitive to, when you yield to, you know what? How about this? How about when you surrender to God, the Holy Spirit living in you? When you surrender to that sense that speaks into your mind, that sense that you know is right, you know is good, it's coming in, and you just surrender. You just pause and stop and surrender to it and yield to it and give in to it. And when you do so, it's not, you got to stop that narrative that's speaking into your mind saying, I'm speaking into inconvenience. I'm speaking into something I can't do. I'm speaking into something that's going to take me down a road I can't finish. You can't finish it. And you, not, you need to give in to that, oh, wait, that's God pouring out according to his glory, according to his limitless resources, resources, according to his spiritual strength. That's God pouring into my life. You got me? And that's you surrendering to God, Holy Spirit. I want to do this. Listen, we need to remember that this inner being, that which is in us, that all of us, everyone here, that we were once lost, that we were once lost sinners who were dead. We were going to damnation. But because of the relationship of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, because Jesus served his Father in heaven and the Holy Spirit served Jesus, because of that, we have life, right? We have new life. And the Holy Spirit lives in us. 
And the Holy Spirit is pointing us this morning to Jesus. He's calling us to glorify Jesus, to know Jesus. He's making us new. And when you, are, when you became new, some of you might recall this experience, that day, that week, that month, that when you were becoming new, the old was gone, the new creature now was living in you. How did you do this? You didn't do it on your own. You didn't do it. God did it. You've got to believe that you humbled yourself. You were aware of what God had started in you. You were aware of what God was doing, and you recognized that it was so much superior to anything you had ever felt, and that when you, when you surrendered to that, when you yielded to that, that things were happening in your life, things were coming out of your mouth, thoughts were coming into your head that were simply superior and better to anything else you had experienced which is why you began to set out to do that. You did not do that, but God, Holy Spirit, the personal God, did that through you. Let's never get tired of humbling ourselves, of surrendering ourselves to God. Titus 3, chapter 3, verse 5 says, He saved us not because of the glorious things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. Right, we got to move worship team. Why don't you come up? It kind of gets me going. Listen, you cannot do things on your own. Things will spill. <laughs> you got me? If you do things on your own, if you try and carry all the problems and all the pressure and all the challenges and all the struggles and all the dysfunctions, things will spill. You will make a mess, man. You have the Holy Spirit in you. It brought you into God's kingdom. It brought you in here to Chair City Church. You were not meant to go out alone. You, God's brought you into community of Christ followers to live life together. We can do great things together. Don't carry your issues and your problems. And your, it, don't do it alone. Look what coming together did. Look what leaning on the Holy Spirit did. Uh, there were times where things didn't come together the way we thought they would. There were times when there were money struggles. There were times when people were giving the last bit of strength they had there were times when people were just exerting themselves mentally between dealing with me and the way I go about things or just dealing with the complexities of trying to make this happen. But you know what? In the end, I wholeheartedly believe with all my heart and soul and mind that we all pulled together and we yielded to God, the Holy Spirit, right? And the greatest thing that he was calling us to. And look what you did. Look what you did. Look what we did when we just were sensitive to God, the Holy Spirit, moving through us. You can do this. You can do that. You can step out and take this on. And you know what? Starting tomorrow, Tuesday, hundreds, thousands of people are going to get to be introduced to Chair City Church. Isn't that cool? It's going to blast out all over Facebook. Yeah. That's great. And, and, and they're going to they're get to see what you have done through your trust and reliance on the Holy Spirit. So I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to pause and think, wow, how much can I do? How much is left undone in my life that I got to get to by just trusting in God and leaning on that Holy Spirit? I want you to consider the days ahead and the weeks ahead, how God's going to glorify himself through you, that people are going to be coming in these doors, you know, over the weeks and the months ahead that don't know Jesus, that have never experienced that God, Holy Spirit in them, but they're going to, and they're going to through your invitation, huh, into the church that you love and you think so well of, in the church that you know that, that God, Holy Spirit, dwells. 
and bringing people together in unity. So I encourage you to get out there and to connect to people. I encourage you to even prepare yourself to yield to the God, Holy Spirit, and see how he use you in the weeks and the months ahead. So let's close this out. Listen, this morning God is with you. Why don't you stand? That's my next way to hurry up. <laughs> this morning God is with you, and his Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. Talk to God this morning and ask God, Holy Spirit, make me stronger. Make me stronger. Feel him making you stronger as you say that, as you think that to within yourself. Feel your very inner being being strengthened. Surrender to that God, Holy Spirit. Yield to it. Don't be distracted or thwarted by your own mind and thoughts and how you've been you know, speaking things. Stop it. That's Satan. That's your enemy. He's the father of lies. Slow it down. Don't run from the pressure. Don't fight the pressure. Don't try and do it on your own. The pressure doesn't go away, I promise you. So you're living in this place. If you had that home, it would ease up pressure. You're going to that home, there's pressure. You have this occupation, you get a promotion, you make that much money, there's pressure. You're going to college, if I had that job, there's pressure. Well, if I get that position and, it's, and I can work from home instead of going in here and that much money, uh, there's pressure. Right? It, it doesn't leave. One promotion will bring pressure here. One problem solved, sometimes a problem solved here brings pressure there, right? It's crazy. It's part of life. It's part of this broken world. You can't change that, but you can let God change you. You can let God change you from the inside out. And you will see what a huge difference it will be in how you handle that pressure. And how you, in matter of fact, you will notice how many things seem to be less pressure in your life when you do that. So take in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to end with this. Listen, God is here this morning to say to you, though that person who doesn't know God, that person who's in and out with the Christian, that you just haven't surrendered to the Spirit, you're listening more to yourself and your own failures and the way you've governed life and what you think is best. And you're now God is saying to you this morning, I am here. God, Holy Spirit, is here. And he's a personal God. And here's what he's saying to you. I've got a mop, and I will clean it up, right? I know there are messes. I know there are problems. I know there are not answers to the questions right now. I know there's confusion, but I got a mop, and I will clean it up, and I will make all of this new. That maybe nothing out there will change, but you will change, and then everything will change, yes? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 22, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts and through your faith. And I pray, Paul's praying for us, for you, that you being rooted, rooted, anchored, held on to, and established in love. Imagine established in love, not in hate, not in anxiety, not in worry, but you're established in love. You're developed in love. Every thought, every action is in love that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge. It's beyond what you can think of and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, that you would know God. And now, one of my great, one of my most cherished verses in all of Scripture, I'll leave you with this. 
And if you will surrender this morning to God, Holy Spirit, if you would find him to be personable, if you would sense him in you, speaking into you, welling up in you and calling you to something greater, making you stronger, making you stronger. You can't do it. You can't surrender. But when you trust in him and yield him, you can surrender. And you can live out to greater things. This is one of my life's verses. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask. God will do more than you're asking. He knows you. He has plans. He has purposes. His, it's, his way is exceedingly and abundantly greater than what you're thinking. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You don't need to pull it off. God has a plan. That plan has provisions, and that plan has power. To God be the glory.